Can a man say a woman is a tractor without it being a come-on? All right, all right. Let's just say, just for the sake of argument, that it was a come-on. What do you want me to do about it? I take it back, okay? I take it back. You can't take it back. Why not? Because it's already out there. Oh, geez, what are we supposed to do? Call the cops, it's already out there. Just let it lie, okay? Great, let it lie. That's my policy. That's what I always say. Let it lie. Want to spend a night in a motel? See what I did? I didn't let it lie. Harry. I said I would, and then I didn't. Harry. I went the other way. Harry. What? We are just going to be friends, okay? Great, friends. It's the best thing. Hey everyone ever and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present by living in the past. Uh, my name is Tim Blevins. And I'm Bob Canning. And I want to start the show by saying welcome back, Bob. Welcome to you. I know it's been a week, but it, yeah. it feels like two weeks, I guess. Yeah. You, you broke my heart a little. Last week, or just now, because we were also talking prior to me saying that, and suddenly it sounded like I forgot that we had been talking for half an hour before recording. Last week, as it's, I wasn't in last week's episode, and that's just, it's just a little, little heartbreak, but I feel much better now. Well, good news, and if you're feeling better, I'm glad the numbers were outstanding through the roof for last week's episode. I don't know. A lot of comments, a lot of people really enjoying our voices. Actually, we're recording it before that episode. This episode we're recording before that one even airs, so I can't actually ask you what you thought. But uh, no, I enjoyed last week's episode, but um, and very much. And I, again, it was uh, my cousin, friend, and Transformer professional transformer collector mike roar was the guest um i would say go back and check it out if you want to hear a conversation that was just it was about something we hadn't talked about much before which were toys right. we talked about them on the he-man episode but it, it was nice to kind of read something that he and i kind of shared that actual bond growing up so it was good but yeah next week is the 25th episode and i, I 25th anniversary of, of podcast episodes once weekly that may not actually work out to something mathematically but i'm mentioning it anyways because the topic of today's show uh, what, what we're going to be speaking about today was originally something I thought we could do on the anniversary episode, mainly because it's it's something it's it's a movie that comes up um, a lot on the show. We've mentioned it. We've mentioned wanting to do a show about it, and and I think. I think as a topic, as a movie, as, as, as a thing in, in, in our, our, our childhood, it had a profound influence on both of our lives. Bob, what are we talking about all the time on this show? All the time we talk about when Harry met Sally. Not just the movie, but the moment that when Harry met Sally. Actually, I don't know if we've actually fully discussed the, the very moment that when Harry met Sally. But yes, it's a romantic comedy. It was uh, released, what, July 21st, 1989, written by Nora Ephron, directed by Rob Reiner, and starring a, at the time, I guess, young and hilarious Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. Yeah. Oh, you're, yes, those are the stars of the movie. You're, <laughs> you're not mistaken. Phew, it's been so long. But uh, people know this movie. I, I, we, we haven't talked about romantic comedies at all on the show, have we? I'm trying to think. Well, except when we talk about this freaking thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we haven't really delved into romantic comedies uh, aside from all of our references to how much When Harry Met Sally influenced our lives, or at least my life. I think it, it, I th- it's part of your life, but certainly a big part of mine. 
I think so. And it, I mean, it's a classic movie, right? You would call this like a classic yeah. romantic comedy. Actually, this is funny that, that uh, unrelated, no one knew that this was going to be our topic. And somebody last night on Facebook asked people to list their favorite uh, guilty pleasures. And mm-hmm. somebody put When Harry Met Sally down. As a guilty pleasure. Yeah, well, and as, then as something that they want, don't want people to know. Exactly. And people responded like, are you insane? This movie's fantastic. So yes, it is a it is a classic, uh, a classic of American cinema. If I can ask without outing whoever the person was, how old was the person who listed it? I, as I don't a, know. As a it guilty was a, pleasure. a friend of a friend of a friend kind of thing. So I don't know because well, that's that's the thing is because I was thinking about romantic comedies and I used to love romantic comedies. I used I used to watch them. I mean, like the big three for me, I think were always Annie Hall. Uh, Chasing Amy and and this when Harry met Sally all three of those I would just I watched a lot because I think at the time you know I was single I was a single guy I was grafting myself onto the main character and this drama of each of these movies because romantic comedies most of the time are about longing you know they're about wanting and the pursuit and the adorableness of pursuing a relationship you know if it's say anything or the John Hughes films and Rarely these movies go past the now we're dating parts. So, you know, as a kid, when I wasn't dating and I never thought about what it meant to go past dating, you know, these movies were perfect for me, you know, and that's why I do think of When Harry Met Sally as a classic. But it's interesting you say Guilty Pleasure because I haven't watched it since. And I was thinking about this prior to, to recording now. When was because, you know, what we're doing today is a retro shock episode where we discuss something from our childhood that we haven't seen in a while and then we go back. And rewatch it. And I had a moment of thinking, well, I must have seen this recently. This is a movie I used to watch all the time. I don't think that I have watched When Harry Met Sally in completion from start to finish since I began the relationship that I'm currently in, my first healthy long term relationship, which means I haven't seen this movie in nine years. Wow. Well, it's because you're now in the relationship. You don't have to watch a movie about the, the chase. You need to find those we're in a relationship movies to watch. What are the what are the we're in a relationship movies? Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about that, too. And I don't know if they're maybe they're interesting, but usually there's infidelity thrown in or there's trouble. I mean, yeah. I guess I'm th- like healthy relationships. Maybe they live on TV. You know, maybe that's a sitcom or more episode episodic storytelling. Which is odd because you, there must be good marriages or good relationships that happen on a big screen, but maybe it's just not interesting. I mean, when did you really start watching romantic comedies? Was this the first one you saw when Harry met Sally? Uh, that's a lot of noise I just made. Um, <laughs> it sure was telling. <laughs> I, you, I'm sure I had seen some before that. I mean, I, I don't know that I thought of them as romantic comedies as much as I just mm-hmm. thought of them as comedies. That's that's the hard thing. Like some of the, these more um, grown up themed films sort of blended together for me. It's like I would see them. My mom would watch them. They'd be on in the background. Maybe I'd stop and watch them for a little bit uh, and then I'd move on. So like um, old romantic comedies, uh, think Frank, like screwball comedies, yeah, like kind I was of thinking things. like Frank, Frank Capra, maybe or something. Um, hmm. I, I I had seen them. But I didn't like take them in. But I guess when yeah, when I'm thinking instead of romantic comedy, like date movies, is the phrase saying like a date movie? Does that mean something to you as a phrase? Would this be a date movie when Harry met Sally? Uh, yeah, it would probably be a date movie. It wasn't a date movie mm-hmm. for me. Dirty Dancing was a date movie. Um, I was invited. What's is that the one with? Uh, I had the time of my life. 
that is the one where I think most people who saw it really enjoyed it. So yes, I, yes, uh, is the one I was actually invited on a date in middle school to wow. that movie. Like to escort a date or with someone? With you someone. Were the, with someone. The I was... Uh, dirty Dancing in eighth grade? You would have been going into eighth grade. Seventh or eighth, yeah, it was eighth grade. Um, and I won't say her name, uh, but it was someone I had a big crush on. And it was surprisingly at the time, it was reciprocated. And uh, she made the move of asking me out. I said yes. And then I freaked out and... Uh, came up with an excuse that I was unable to go and uh, I regret I regret that day ever since so so you ducked out of a date I did in eighth grade I did and I feel terrible well I mean when that's the thing I'm thinking like date movies or romantic comedies I don't I don't know if I ever watched these movies with someone who I was on a date with you know, I don't know if people I was again not that you know I, I not that I had many long-term relationships but like my girlfriend and I now we don't really go out to see romantic movies we don't watch romantic movies we may find romance in animated and sci-fi movies but they're, they're things that are, are sold differently I feel like date movies romantic comedies Harry Met Sally being a great example Roxanne maybe the Steve Martin movie I watched them with girls I was interested in you know, like in, you know, like hanging out at, at someone's house with, with with someone who I was interested in. But much like these movies, these romantic comedies I, I, I was watching, I was in pursuit of these people. You know, we weren't actually dating yet, but there was this idea of a pursuit, but it, it was a silent pursuit or, or a creepy pursuit or an unspoken best friend stalking pursuit. So they were never date movies. You know, they they, yeah. they, they were they were just kind of like. Again, identifying with what was going on in the story because, you know, they're funny, they're engaging, the characters are usually engaging, they're your hero, you know, in the context of the movie, and thinking that by watching that, maybe I could learn something. I mean, that was the power of a a romantic comedy as a kid. I could learn something. I was getting, by this point, I would be getting into my teens, you know, because I I probably saw Harry Met Sally the summer after it came out. I probably rented it in 1990, (laughs) watched it, loved it, because I felt like I was getting some adult insight, I think by the time, right? I mean, there's something to these movies that in your teenage years, one seems like, oh, this is what life's going to be like. But two, at least for me, felt like this is what my life is now. I'm going to do this. Maybe not like it's reflecting, but it's like now that I saw this, this is what I'll do. Like I had seen Annie Hall around the same time. I think I started watching Anything But Love, which is that Jamie Lee Curtis, Richard Lewis sitcom I've talked about a lot, which is romantic. So viewing these things as how adults lived at 15, you know, and seeing a character like Harry um, and when Harry met Sally, you know, I, I love that character because he was neurotic. He was cynical. He was death obsessed. He, he was all the dark things I wanted to be, but he was like romantic comedy dark, which meant he could still function just fine in society. And he was also charming to this, this other person, the, 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 the Sally character. And I got to watch them work out their relationship. Like a big part of this movie that I remember is they're friends first. They're friends and, and, and they're, they have trouble in life. So they have their side project relationships that never work out. But they maintain friendships throughout the end, getting to know each other stronger. So that by the end of the movie, I, you know, they're, they're, they're together, you know. And I saw this as sort of a step-by-step diagram of how relationships would develop and so that's you know i think based off this movie based off the the other movies i mentioned i i this is what i tried in high school in college and even into my 30s i i think the structure of this romantic comedy of two people who just are witty spar have problems and are eventually going to get together is how i approached people 
Like, what was your impression of it when you first saw it, this movie? Um, well, you talk about how you, you didn't see it as like a date movie. I saw it with uh, a bunch of 40-year-old men, and I was, you know, uh, 16 at the time. <laughs> so a date movie. Yeah, so a date movie. Um, was this a church function? That's right, yes. Um, we took a, a trip to New York City. My church group took a trip to New York City uh, to donate some food and, and work at a food bank in, in the city. And we stayed in a hotel, and the the grown-ups, the, the leaders, were watching this movie, and that's where I chose to stay for that, that evening to watch Oh, this, this really movie. was a church function. I was making a not very funny joke about 40-year-old oh, men and 16-year-old boys, but it was a church. I, I remember the story now. You mentioned this on a past episode. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're uh, watching it with grown-ups who... Who what just th- thought it was funny? Who were there? Yeah, who thought who thought it was funny? Who who didn't feel uh, it was inappropriate for me to be watching it? Um, so that was like one of those few moments um, where I started to feel grown up. Like this is this is me making the transition from childhood to uh, not adulthood, but just becoming more mature. Um, based on the movie, or based on watching a movie based, with other adults? Uh, based on both of that, so it's watching mm-hmm. that movie with other adults. This was a not a kid movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, n- not that it was like uh, this rated R sex fest, but it is it rated R? I don't remember. It probably is because of language. I would huh? imagine I, I it is in sexual situations. Um, although not tame sexual situations. Yeah, I right? think the most sexual thing is the very famous uh, fake orgasm scene. Uh, which was a little uncomfortable to watch uh, for the first time <laughs> in that scenario. Uh, sure. But uh, we just, everyone just kept facing forward and we didn't speak of it. So, um, but yeah, no, I learned from it as well. And and what you're saying is like, like my thing, the thing I think I took away from it most of all, I didn't really latch on to his dark side, but more no. his humor, um, mm-hmm. his witty rapport, um the, the quick comebacks, the, the funny asides, um, that's what I thought uh, I needed to do. That's kind of what I was taking from that. It's like, oh, we can have a conversation about something important, but I can also make jokes while we're doing it. And that's, <laughs> for better or for worse, um, <laughs> what I mostly took away from it. Um, and so that was, that was my thing. It's like, I want to be that guy because he's smart, he's charming, he's funny. And he seems to have a, a rapport with women. Something with, with romantic comedies and what, when Harry met Sally, the, the two things that it does, the first one being is there are a lot of quotable lines and they're jokes. And like you said, and this is something that bothers me in movies, but again, maybe it's why it's definitely what I took from this movie. A lot of them are actually jokes. Billy Crystal's character of Harry is making jokes that Sally and other people are supposed to laugh at. Which bothers me in a movie, even though that's how the world works. And it's you're right, it's one of the major things I took from this movie. I just, when the character in the movie is making the joke and someone's laughing at it, that always bugs me. And yet, that's the endearing side of flirting. That's the endearing side of entering a relationship. That's the endearing side of being the ingenue, the romantic ingenue, I guess. And so that was definitely something that I took from this movie. And then the other thing, and I think we've talked about this before in the Friends episode a while back, 
this movie for me as you know we're talking about you know kind of opening the door to what adults are like it was also in this era of you know heterosexual entertainment it was sort of like this is what men do this is what women do here are the two men friends talking like men talk here are the two women having a parallel conversation about how women talk and they're going to tell me how it works you know women are like this men ought to do this and there's a bit of that in this movie a little more progressive for its time a little dated now i'm gonna guess and we'll see when we go back to it but that is a major part of seeing this movie and again maybe not being the target audience at 14 and 15, but, but I think a lot of 14, 15 year olds saw this movie. A major part of this was again, just this idea of this is what a relationship is. It's, it's, it was like a course book, you know, it was like a course load. It's telling me how relationships work. Did you have that sense of it? Like you did say already, this is like an adult relationship, but did you feel like you're actually learning something from this movie or gauging something? Yeah. I mean, absolutely and it's like like you're saying it's like coursework so at the end you want to you want to have it mastered um <laughs> and i feel like that's what i was doing like i took so much away from this not just the the the, the, tr- the trying to be funny in the relationships uh but the i mean i took the the kind of the the meter of the way he spoke i tried to do that i took the funny voices um, I took the music. I, you know, we've talked about Harry Connick Jr. before, but I took that music and got into that music at that time. I, I really was trying to emulate Harry in a way that would be kind of cool for a 14, 15, 16 year old kid to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, yeah, it's like you, you see your favorite movie and you want to be like that character. And uh, most kids my age were probably not looking to. 30-something-year-old Billy Crystal uh, <laughs> pretend you were, but that's what I was doing. Well, <laughs> but but it was. And again, this, you know, the look back over past episodes to hear you talk and just knowing you from 20-whatever years of friendship, yeah, there is a lot in the Harry character that I'm not saying you lifted, but I could see the appeal of that. Oh, I lifted it. And it just becomes you, though. It's like you start acting that way and, and, and being that way and watching the movie. I probably have seen this movie. This is probably one of the movies I've seen most of all movies. I, oh, it is. I was going to ask you. You've seen yeah, this a lot. I've seen this a lot. And so it's just it's just kind of ingrained in me now. Uh, at least it was. I haven't seen it, like you're saying, I haven't seen it in, in, in a while. I mean, I've seen parts here and there. People post scenes on Facebook or you get, like, clips in in uh, retrospective specials and whatnot. Uh, so there's always something from this movie, um, but I haven't seen it from start to finish in quite some time. Um, but it's just ingrained. It's like, like the Simpsons in a way you've seen that so often that it's just, you think of that line and you just repeat that in a moment that it just flows out of you. Um, and, and not just the lines, but for me, <clears throat> just the, at least at the time, and I probably don't do it as much, but at least at the time, just the, <clears throat> the sense of that character um, was just who I was trying to be. And so it just sort of, uh, I had seen it so often, uh, it just kind of became natural. And I think it became me uh, to some great extent, uh, at least a part of me. I was starting to actually make me a little nervous about seeing it. Yeah. Well, why? Well, just because, I mean, we're share. Well, we're, we're, we're sharing. <laughs> it's going to have to be really racist. Did we miss that part? Well, <laughs> well, here two things here, uh, and and the first thought will be, and I think this is similar to why I was mentioning, like, you know, I watch Annie Hall a lot. I've seen that a lot, but I haven't returned to Chasing Amy or this in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, and I'm worried if it's because, like, the amount that we're identifying with 
the Harry character and the amount that I identify with, with, with Holden and, and chasing Amy Ben Affleck's character, I'm worried that they're selfish films, that these characters are selfish and self-serving. And that's what I'm attracted to because we've been talking for however long, almost half an hour now about this movie. We haven't said anything about Sally. We haven't mentioned her. We haven't recounted her or how she talks. It's been all about Harry, this Harry, that blah, 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 blah. Bruno Kirby's name came up. What, I mean, what do you, I, if it's a relationship that this movie is, these romantic comedies are and, and, and a tale of humor interaction, that's great, but maybe maybe it is just male fantasies. I mean, it's written by Nora Ephron, but it's directed by Rob Reiner, so I hope there's some give and take. But like, what are your thoughts on Sally? Why hasn't why haven't we talked about Sally in these opening moments? Well, you know, it's like we're we're men, and at the time we were boys, and we would be drawn to the male character. I would assume I certainly was it's hard for me especially at that age to relate to a grown woman um, but I had a better chance of relating to to Harry um, mm-hmm. but you're right it's not like we watched it then and that was it we've watched it over and over again and yeah Sally Sally doesn't come up in my conversations about when Harry met Sally and to what you just said and to what we're relating to and I'm sorry now I cut you off there what we were driven to was the Harry character and what Harry was doing to get a girl, not maybe to get Sally, but to get a girl. Like, I feel like it's, again, you can identify with whatever character, whatever gender that works. I, but I think you're right as boys growing up in small towns, we probably had the idea that I'm going to relate to guys first. I don't know if that's entirely true in my childhood, but I'm I'm sure that that's who I gravitated to, which is fine. And it's, it's a model and you, and you take from it, whatever, but he is in pursuit throughout this movie. And there is also a what might or might not be naturally growing relationship. And that's what I'm wondering about. Like in our attraction to this movie, it wasn't her that brought us in at all. And it wasn't his relationship with her that we've talked about. It's just been how he acts to get a girl. And so I'm a little nervous that it would be crushing one to find out that that is how I felt. And that's what relationships were to me. (laughs) It was just me in pursuit. It didn't really matter about the person I was pursuing, but two, if there's no element of this mutual character connection and that it is just a movie about Billy Crystal, that, that, that's, that would, you know, I was going to ask, is it a good memory or a bad memory? It's a good memory because, like yeah. you're saying, this was instrumental in giving me like a template to hold on to when I felt alone. You know, it gave me false hope that the actual and sincere what friendships that I had could blossom into like eternal companionship and also like you're saying a way of talking interacting that helped and buffered that zone but if all of that is based solely around the billy crystal character then i feel like the idea of this movie as a romantic comedy and maybe romantic comedies in general maybe that's lost you know maybe that's not as mutually engaging you know did people relate to sally too hopefully probably i just find it odd that we haven't mentioned her short of saying hey we haven't mentioned her Hmm. did we succeed on the beckdale test only to be sexist ourselves i didn't write that down but it sounds like it did and now i'm like there's a lot of logic (laughs) there's a lot of faulty logic in how that sentence was structured but i don't know i mean one is it a good memory or bad memory for you officially officially a good memory (laughs) mm-hmm yeah. And then is this hitting you at all? This idea of what about the female character? What about Sally? Not just female character. What about the other person in this relationship? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I hadn't considered the fact that 
that she isn't what we talk about when we talk about When Harry Met Sally. And you could probably go back and listen to our our previous references to uh, the movie, and it's it's always about Harry. Probably uh, very Harry heavy. Yeah. So, yeah. Now now I'm sort of very interested to see that and to think about that while watching it and and uh, see if it's really just a, a childhood male thing that uh, that I had or or if there's something are we saying we're not saying there's something wrong with Sally or are we we're saying, saying we're anything saying that, about no we're just we're not saying anything about yeah. Sally which I think is problematic doesn't mean her it's 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 just I mean again we're thinking back to this and it's a big movie so we have a history of it. it's not like we're just randomly plucking like remember last Starfighter vaguely and then going back to it. this is something that is big in the public consciousness and I think not just for desperate male teens <laughs> you know i think a lot of people relate to this movie and i do think a lot of people relate to sally from what i've heard i'm saying for how this movie impacted us and what we took from it and this is something i always wonder with the john hughes movies and just with my view of relationships in general in my teens and 20s into my 30s did i and is this movie an example of that miss out on the idea of what relationships leading to companionship and the other person and was it always showy it's all about this one guy and how this one guy acts. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think we need to watch it and have this in our mind because I think there's a lot to be said there that if all we're talking about and all we got out of this was the Harry character, then we may have missed something. I mean, it could be a faulty performance or writing, but I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think they, you know, they have, they're both in the title, you know. We're coming to it, and you can identify, again, you can identify with the character you want, and we both identify with Harry, but is what we took from him, does it have anything to do with the fact that by the end of the movie, we're to believe Harry has learned to be in a relationship, as has Sally, and then I think it also just ties into why don't we want to see that movie? <laughs> we don't want to see them together. We want to see the pursuit. Maybe there's something in romantic comedies, in date movies, in this pursuit, that is just inherently self-centered and self-centric, and that as we get into learning what relationships are really about as adults, maybe these movies play a little less because they're idealized. I'm just, I'm curious. I don't know if it's necessarily a sexist gender thing. I think it's just we're identifying with one of the characters without yeah. talking about the other. So yeah, I'd be curious yeah. when we watch it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if what are what the view would be uh, if it were called when Sally met Harry. It, right? Yeah. That could that could that could actually could alter it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it changes the focus. But let's yeah, let's watch it and come back and discuss that further. I will tell you, and I don't know if this is important to you, I don't know if we should hold romantic comedies um, uh, accountable for this, but this movie massively, massively fails the Bechdel test, or Bechdel, am I pronouncing that right? Author of uh, some comic books, the test where when female characters are on the screen, they have to be talking about something other than relationships. Right. This movie, that's all Carrie Fisher talks about. That's all Bruno Kirby talks about. It's really only the very beginning of this movie when Harry and Sally first get into the car that they have a conversation that is non-romantic. Everything else in this film, how it's structured, what they talk about, is about either their exes or dates they go on or each other. Yeah. 
And is that bad in the context of a, of a romantic comedy? I don't think it's bad in that context. I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. the, that's the purpose of the film. It's about when Harry met Sally and how they fell in love. So the fact that they're talking about relationships, good and bad, um, is is correct for the, the the concept of the film. But do you and do you? Am I pronouncing it right? Is it Bechdel? I, I, I always know, thought I, it was Bech, Bechdel, but I I don't I don't know for sure. Okay, I mean it's something I only in the last few years heard, but it's an essay. The, the the author she wrote it in the eighties. This was I think something she came up then, and I think it's a valid conceit i think it's a valid critique to look at movies through um the fact that no one talks about anything other than relationships again yeah is that problematic i don't know i like a more fully formed character maybe and they would talk about something else but again this is the thing i going into this i was very nervous like we had said because i I was like what is is this going to be a hairy heavy film is this going to be a one-sided manipulated film and i was trying to think like did i talk to people about things besides relationships and i did i must have i must have as a kid and that is something that this movie doesn't do but to, to, to start with it we've got our two um Well, actually, to start with it, I guess, in terms of what they talk about, this movie, I think, does a pretty good job setting up its premise early on. You know, like that that whole opening section, 1977, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, And and I guess here's the thing, because going to this again, we were saying, like, I'm nervous about the Harry character. I'm nervous that Harry is a one-sided manipulative, uh, you know, that that this movie's a male fantasy. Because we hadn't talked about Sally does Sally have any impact? And and early on in the movie, eight minutes into the movie, there's a premise that's kind of put out there that Harry says. Um, they're having, I think he compliments something about Sally. She takes it offensively and he says, can a man say a woman is attractive without it being a uh, compliment, I think. Or, or come on, without it being a, come a compliment. Come on, yeah. And it's like, that's an important line. That says something. That to me is interesting. That's a test of a friendship. Like, can that happen? Is it weird when the gender or, or or the person or the ident you know whatever you identify as what you're attracted to when that acknowledges you as a beautiful person? Is that weird? And that's an interesting trait. It was, and I I didn't remember Harry saying that. It's odd to me because maybe four minutes later, the real premise of the movie comes up, and it's from Harry again. They're sitting in the diner, and he makes the statement: "Men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets." in the way and that's the line I, I know of you know I, I feel like that is the summation of the movie yeah what's odd is both of those lines are Harry's lines and they contradict right from the beginning his character is contradicting it's flip-flopping for a bit because that first line is actually trying to acknowledge that can't we just be friends is basically seems like what he's saying and moments later he swats that down and one of those is the core of the movie, but it contradicts the other one. And I feel like they're both interesting to me. And at different points in my life, I'd be more interested in one than the other. Obviously, coming in, if I was coming to this movie as a single person who wanted a romantic story, it's the second one. Men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. But does his first interaction with her where he's he's kind of taking the role that we were talking about but before we saw this, like he is actually saying, can't we be friends? Does that seem out of character with the rest of the movie to you that he has that line? Uh, it never struck me as that. And I, and I, I don't think it does. I think it just was, you know, in a way, um, it sort of leads up to that. It's like, can't, can't we do this? And he's basically answering himself. No, we cannot. 
So he's talking. It's a, yeah. it's a setup. He's, I mean, it's, he's it's, doing it a philosophical with, version of a joke. Yeah, I mean, it happens, you know, it's it's spread out over a couple minutes in, in that scene. But that's kind of how I always registered it. I never mm-hmm. I never saw it as two different thesis statements. Okay. No, and I mean, I, I don't think we're supposed to because it would be too early in the movie to, to have a character <laughs> we can't figure out. But it's it just coming into it how we were and wondering... This this idea of this movie is it two men or this woman or that and yeah. they're just they're different. You, you kind of skipped over how the movie actually opens, and that got me worried right away. Uh, having that on our mind, uh, it opens with uh, the couples, you know, because the, the whole movie has these couple vignettes, little stories, and I can't remember the story in the first one, but the woman doesn't talk, the man does all the talking. Do you like um, those bits? Do you like that as the narrative structure to the movie? Uh, yeah, I think it, it paces it pretty well. It breaks it up. It shows you, mm-hmm. you know, that everybody meets in a different, unique way. You know, everyone has a different path to the one that they end up with. I just, I don't like that structure. I get it. And it's weird because it's a kind of ahead of its time. Because, I mean, like, we see a lot of pseudo-documentary stuff now with like right. TV shows especially. Yeah. And that's kind of what that made me think of. And I get the pace of it, but I just feel like that confuses the movie from the start, I think. Because these are couples that are together. And again, maybe it's that we went into this movie knowing they're going to get together. I know we've talked about that in another episode, but it's like right. there's no space to, to, to question about the friendship angle, which, again, I, and I think we're really going to get into this. Maybe we'll do it now. I wanted a movie about them just as friends because that this time around watching it was fascinating to me. And I don't think we're even allowed a moment to think that could be the case when the first thing we're given is a couple saying how they're together, a couple that we don't follow. Right. So those moments, yeah, they're, I found them off-putting. And, and that's P-U-T-T-I-N-G. It sounded like I was talking about the dairy dessert treat. But sure. what did you think? What is like? A, does it impact you at all, good uh, or bad? It, you know, it's hard to remove myself from, you know, the 20-plus viewings of this movie uh, mm-hmm. and see it as anything other than its complete story you know i know the ending i know i know how it ends i know the middle i know what's going on i know the purpose um there's not much i caught that was new uh and so there's one thing that i'm surprised i didn't catch until now and we'll we'll probably get to it um but but as for that structure and and it kind of uh uh telegraphing what's going to happen Maybe I had a feeling about that upon the first viewing, but at this point, it's just, it's quaint and pleasant and uh, comforting. It's it's that couple again. Oh, I love their story. I can't wait to get to, uh-huh. I can't wait to get to the story about the guy who rode up the elevator nine extra flights. So that's a cute couple. So I, I, I'm I'm happy to be stuck with them, to coin a Huey Lewis in the news phrase. No, well done. Wow. <laughs> um... I don't know. I just I found it to be too cute, but it's there. It's it's a structure of the movie, and it gives us something to work towards. Just in the terms of the first ten fifteen minutes. Again, you're right. We know this movie very well, so it's not like anything surprising with us. Surprising us. Um, this whole idea of of what Harry proposes, you know, like when when it, men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. 
I mean, that again, that's a strong premise for the movie. I wanted the other one, and I think we're going to talk about that later, but given the movie we're having, that's a great premise and something to look at. And something that I know when I saw this as a teenager and a 20-year-old, I agreed with, or I felt, you know, I think there was that thing in my mind where it's like, that's true. And I guess, and this comes up a lot, I think, for me, when we talk about things that I admire. I don't know if I agreed with this theory when I saw the movie, or because of the movie, I just chose to reflect it. And watching it this time, because of those two lines that I saw as contradictions for Harry, I wondered the same thing. Does he believe his own spiel? Like, does he believe what he's saying? Or is this just... Because he... I, I want to jump to the end so badly because I feel like I want to tear into Harry here. But let's I'm just let's say, jump around. What's, what's the harm in jumping you're around? You're right. You're right. So... Uh, the problem I had going to this is we don't talk about Sally. And I will say this time watching the movie, I found Sally to be a fascinating character and I'm not above admitting that part of that was this worry. And I'm like, make sure you find her interesting. But she is. (laughs) She really is. She is the character who, you know, that line in the movie that um, Carrie Fisher has, you know, there's someone staring at you from personal growth. She has, I'm saying that because I typed it in my notes as a title. She actually grows in this film she has ideas and convictions that we see at the very beginning they come up throughout the film yeah and they evolve you know her main thing is she's optimistic sally albright we get it in the name and it's a good contradiction to him but there's an aspect of her lying to herself constantly that she's okay with her she talk, you know for five years of her life she's obsessed with this idea of this char- character joe who left her and that she's fine with it. And she's struggling with it. And that's how Harry and her become friends. You know, and, but, but she's constantly saying that she's okay with it. And she eventually, when she finds out he's getting married, she breaks down. And it crushes her. Because her childhood of being stable is done. And I feel like that's really, that's an important development. Because her and Harry's friendship... Because they don't like each other when they meet. They don't have a reason to like each other because they're both focused on other things. But their friendship starts when they have something miserable to commiserate. And I think that's important. I think a lot of friendships start that way. You feel like the outsider, you meet someone who's the outsider. You feel trampled down, you meet someone. So I get that. Yep. And it develops. And I just feel like as, as the movie progresses, and I like how this movie progresses, and the years pass, she changes you know, she changes so that by the end, her breaking down when she finds out Joe um, left her is important because it means she's accepted the fact that she wasn't okay with it. Her wanting to sleep with Harry is a powerful thing. And then after they sleep, because watching the movie, I was enjoying it, but I thought once they sleep together, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a little restless here. I'm going to want this to end. And that's the most fascinating part of the movie, I think. Yeah. Because they have different reactions to that. And go ahead. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think those are my favorite Sally moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's having, at least from my perspective, the, the, the correct reaction. You know, Harry, um, I, I don't, you know, correct or not. I mean, I think Harry... I've always thought this. I mean, clearly Harry blew it. I thought like that whole, the moment happened and his reaction was to be scared and unsure and, and 
hers was uh, also scared and unsure. And then they had, you know, their moment. And then he just wanted to go on and act like nothing happened. And, and, and she couldn't get past that because it, it was a big deal. It was something to talk about. It was a big deal. And I, I love the moment when they're fighting at the wedding um, where he's saying, you know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, how seven years to a dog, you know, one year is seven years to a dog or something like that. And just her reaction of like, are you kidding me? Who's the dog in this? I'm the dog. I'm the dog. And then just to get him off the floor and to have it out. And, and I mean, I love that part. I love Sally in those moments. Um, I think she says the other important part of the movie, the, the line, you know, we talked before about, you know, his line about um, why can't a, a man compliment a woman, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think she gives the response to that. And, and this line, which I think is, should be the crux of the film. And this is where I think we can figure out where the movie was originally going and wasn't. Mm-hmm. She, in a showy line, but because Meg Ryan portrays it well, she yells at him, I am not your consolation prize. Yeah. That's the very Hollywood scripted line, but that's also how I treated people. You know, that hit me because I'm like, that is what he's looking at. I mean, he, and this is why the movie, you know, they have this fight, she slaps them. They have they have a problem. This is why this part of the movie is so interesting because it's believable and it's not something I see that often in a movie. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. And I wanted to follow it because Harry stops joking. Yeah, she stops talking to him, and truthfully, then he, you know, and so he he walks away from her and and he. Uh, there's this montage of clips. I don't know if it's, and this is right. Uh, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but you know, right before he runs off, because there's the big New Year's Eve finale where they get together right and i think the movie and this might be because i'm trying to make this movie a different movie you know i was i mentioned my three favorite romantic comedies annie hall chasing amy they don't wind up together at the end they they break up and that's a good story this movie they get together and i don't think it's set up for them to get together until he runs to the new year's eve party which feels tacked on because right before he runs to the new year's eve party He's walking by himself thinking about her and there's this montage of clips that ends with a quote from Sally of you were the only other person I knew in New York, I think, when they first arrived. And that to me, I'm like, that is the perfect summation of why their friendship worked as a friendship. And if this movie was all about friendship, it's because similar to how they commiserated after they were both dumped. It's like, yes, sometimes a friendship is you're the only other person who knows this feeling, knows how this works. And that's healthy. And that's fine as a friendship. And that's what they were giving each other. They were giving each other the balance. And that would have been Harry's chance to grow if he had just accepted that, okay, men and women can be friends without sleeping together. And even if he and Sally never saw each other again, that's where I feel like the movie was going. And as an adult, that's a good realization. As a child... No, but as an adult, the way it goes, it's the Hollywood ending. I understand, but it's a male fantasy made ugly to me because when he goes and he gives his big confessional speech to Sally, her initial response is, I hate you. That's actually what she says to him. And he still gets what he wants because he just keeps talking. He talks his way out of her hating him. But not into a relationship. He's just, he's doing a version of jokes without jokes. He's doing the observations. He's doing, you know, he likes Casablanca. He likes romantic movies. So he's staging it, which is fine. But I don't think he should be rewarded for it. And that's where I feel like Sally 
they she was she was going in that direction and and, and maybe they didn't do this because this is actually how Annie Hall goes <laughs> this is the plot of Annie Hall but I, and I just feel like you know Sally built up a realization and also got hurt because maybe she was ready to be with him when they did sleep together but because of how he acted and because it took so long for him to you know win it back in a series of great scenes by the way the passage of that time is beautiful this is a beautiful looking movie and they do a lot with the surroundings if we get into talking about that but i just feel like this yes this is a movie it's weird that it's a romantic movie you know it's this idea of uh of like a love story without the romance is what maybe it should have been because it could have been about best friends which they don't do they don't make movies about that you don't see it on TV. It's always a will they, won't they, unrequited love thing. Maybe because it's not interesting to watch. <clears throat> but this time around, because I wasn't really, I was enjoying this movie. I was enjoying both of them. I just feel like Harry's character does not deserve this relationship at the end. Right. And Sally's character doesn't want it. Wow. I feel, anyways. I mean, of course she does because of how it's structured. Sure. but. I don't know. I mean, what, does the ending ring true to you? Is it romantic to you? Uh, I mean, yeah, on that the Hollywood level, like you're saying, it's got that. Yeah, I mean, you have an attachment to it. Yeah. You mentioned the story in an earlier episode, a similar running to meet someone. Like did that, dra- the drama of that is great. Yeah, it, and they're and they're both good actors and good characters. But yeah, and and I mean, I think I think too, it's it's a realistic uh, situation that they find themselves in. In that it's not some, you know, third-party interference, misunderstanding, you know, three's companies, door closed, <laughs> half conversation, snafu. Mm-hmm. That suddenly the woman doesn't want anything to do with the guy because she thought this, but it's really that. I mean, this was a real problem that they had, um, yeah. and that they tried to. Well, he tried to work through it, and she tried to ignore him, and. And and there was there was a real issue. It was not some contrived situation. It was a real situation. And yeah, it it, it ties a bow on it at the end with the running and the quick conversation that just changes everything. Um, But, you know, like I said, it's like I've I've been with the movie for so long and it's it's that warm Hollywood ending you're looking for. And Um, you can have that. Yeah, of course. That's something romantic comedies do. I'm just saying. Would you be interested in knowing the version of this movie? Because I've got it right here. No, but knowing the version of this movie that I believe was originally written where they don't get together. And could that still be an upbeat and affirming movie, reaffirming movie? Um, I think it could be. Sure. You know, you do that right. It it very well could be. Um, You talk about like where it switched. It's like how much of it did they rewrite from the beginning to allow for this ending? Or was it just some point? you know, two thirds in, they're like, okay, all that was how it was originally created. And now the rest of this will be rewritten for this new ending. Or did well, it happen? I was wondering that too. You know, I you really know, think just it's just the years. I think it's after that montage, which again, maybe it was too similar to Annie Hall, <laughs> but 
after that montage that he's because he's thinking through all these moments they meet together and, and again i think that's so important that the line they mention is that you're the only other person i knew in new york that's not a romantic line that's a comforting emotional compassion you know companion based line yeah i think up to that point it's could have still run its course and then it would have been you jump ahead and you see they're with someone or, or they they meet somewhere you know you you would find a way where they don't have the because what's the scene when he runs and meets her he's not telling her real important things like he he runs into her and he's like i want to tell you that i like this surface trait about you that i met 17 years ago i like that i feel this way and they're mostly how he feels yeah he might as well have thrown in there i fear death and don't want to die alone because that's what that feels like to me again they're good actors it's what you want from the movie i don't think it would be as big of a movie and as popular and remembered, strangely, even though it's, most of its memorable lines precede that, if they weren't together. But I don't know. I, I, I just I feel like it's it is a well structured, strong movie. I mean, to go back a little bit, the whole aspect of them sleeping together, it is what we're expecting. But in the context of the story in their lives, like what do you think allows them to sleep together in that moment? Uh, yeah, that's a good question because it's, I think it's there, but I'm not sure if it works, but I do think there's a reason in there and it's very interesting. I think what, what do you think? Well, I mean, we go to the movie with them both hung up on their exes, you know, yeah. Harry, Harry gets dumped and that's when he sees Sally and I think they go out to dinner and then, you know, the, the, Harry's in her room consoling her because she found out that Joe, her ex from a while ago, that's the weird thing. Joe is from a while ago, correct? Know, by this no, point? No, I don't think it is. I mean, when we when we get into the current time frame, the present, the so-called present day, um, she had broken up with him two weeks earlier okay. or something like so it's that, within two, a or, year. two or three All weeks right. earlier. Um, because they were, so their they friendship were, builds over a year, basically. Yeah, their friendship builds over a year because they are friends and they go to New Year's. They have Christmas. They they get the tree together. They go to New Year's together. Wait, then, they have Christmas after New Year's? No, <laughs> that's Three Kings. I Day. wanted to mention the Christmas because I like you know they the, the you're talking about the structure. You know they do that very well uh, structured uh, montage where you see them move the Christmas tree. You see them have the cheek to cheek dance at new year's and then a year later she's got to carry the christmas tree herself and yeah. she's having the horrible new year's eve um, oh, that is that's, that, that's a nice yeah that's okay then that works well i think the reason they sleep together like they're both hung up on their exes they hold on to that which i can totally relate to you hold on to the last great relationship you're in i think this happens in friendships a friendship is not the you know a friendship relationship is dating for is different from a sexual you know companion whatever it was you call who you marry and who you're pursuing they're different relationships with that buffer always being that they had that commiseration once they could both accept that that was over like he was able to accept that he's never going to be back with uh the his ex who's now dating that guy named ira and once she could accept oh, that yeah. joe love her they hook up and I think it's sincere that they hook up, maybe. I don't think it's just, you know, revenge, sex, or tension, stress. But is that all that was holding them back? No, because they never hooked up beforehand. I guess there was always a relationship in the, in the, in the way. But I just find it interesting that that's when they hook up. They don't hook up because Harry is this amazing, consoling, 
voice and gesture. Right. And they don't hook up because he spots in Sally a weak being because those are sadistic practices. They hook up because they don't, they're not looking for someone else in that moment. Now, I've never had that in a friendship. Like, I've never hooked up just randomly with a friend, I don't think. But I find that, so it doesn't work for me, but plenty of people do from what I hear. And it's interesting. And I think that that's great. And I don't know what they were both expecting out of it. Because we don't see the sex. It goes very quickly into this is how they feel. She's comfortable and he's terrified. It is that great shot. Yeah. But that happened. It, it goes right into that, which I, I was a little shocked by. I was like, oh, I thought it led into it more. But. I don't, is that, does that work for you? Does that seem believable that that's why they sleep together in that moment? Or what, what's another reason they could? Like why outside of the structure of the film, why is it that moment they decide to have sex? Uh, you know, I always read it as that they've always had these underlying feelings for each other. They they clearly love each other. Uh, even if at the time they only believed it to be friendship love they clearly loved each other. They were very, very close and, and they had that. And so um, I always read that moment in that scene as he's hugging her, consoling her. It just was a natural moment to kiss her uh, because he, you know, doesn't want her to feel. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> Have you ever had that where you're like, I'm going to console this person and I'll kiss him and up oh, now we're sleeping together. Has that happened? Almost. 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 Yes. Almost. Um, okay. I actually, I went and I said goodbye to, uh, this was in high school. So I don't know how she real was in was. high school or this, you're, this is we, a while we were, ago. We were, this was a while ago. Uh, okay. there was a friend. This is actually, this is pretty apt. I think I had a friend in high school who I had a crush on and there were times I thought maybe she had a crush on me. Um, and we were pretty close. We probably could have been closer. Um, but we were pretty good friends. Uh, and it was after graduation, it was the summer we were all going off to our, our respective colleges and I went over to say goodbye to her. And it was kind of that moment where I gave her a hug and then I just, it just felt right to kind of just a quick peck on the lips, uh, as friends. And she kind of leaned back and kissed me again. And I knew in that moment oh, shit, I fucked up high school. I could have been seeing this girl. We totally, it was that moment where, yes, I want to continue kissing you. We've always had this friendship. Um, and now you've just kind of politely, sweetly said goodbye to me with a kiss. And now I want to continue kissing you. But isn't that why you're able to kiss? Like, don't, don't you, you, do you think that opportunity was always there? I mean, you were friends. I kind of think that opportunity could have always been there yes we were okay. friends and you're also we, you were 16 or we were 17, also 16 yeah okay. i mean it's kind of it's it's a little ridiculous to talk about it in in this respect but but i can see how that might and maybe that's why i've, I've well no because i'd seen the movie before that but um but that's how i've always seen it as that's something maybe they've always wanted to do but they knew they couldn't or or shouldn't or you know whatever reason why not maybe they're longing for the the ex still waiting to see if that's there um and then when that moment happened as innocent as it was uh it was like a light bulb going off and at least that's how mm -hmm. i read it it's like here's this light bulb moment for them um and i'll just 
I'll kiss her again, and she'll be like, she she has that moment of, this actually is really awesome. I'm gonna kiss him back, and then it grows and grows. That's how I've always read. Yeah. It. No, which some of that's very I can I can relate to that. I also because I can also relate to. I just, to to those feelings, I just we don't see the segue from kissing because at least to me, kissing someone and sleeping with someone are different, and especially when sure. you're that close. Like I've had close friends that you know on New Year's actually the New Year's Eve kiss. I did that with a close friend, and it felt like this movie. That's what I was thinking, even though I don't think it happens in this movie <laughs> that way. But so, but that's very different to sleeping with someone. And yes, I think they've always had feelings for each other. I think there's. And this is what I enjoyed in the movie because you see their reactions. You see them doing this. And if we're to believe they're not a couple, this is perfect because it almost validates jealousy. Like being very close with someone breeds jealousy. Yeah. Any friend I've ever had, I'm jealous of, you know, do, you know, like does he have another best friend? No, I'm his best friend. Or are they going to your party? They should go to my party. Or they're dating someone. You're like, I get the whole close friend with the type of person you're attracted to. You're always together. Then when that person goes on a date, you're jealous. Like I get that. I think that's an important thing to acknowledge. I like seeing it in this movie because you see it when they're doing, you know, whenever they're both dating someone and they're kind of looking at the other person as they leave the room, you see all of that. I don't know if that translates to both of them thinking we should have sex. I think, and again, I'm going by my experience now. I think the desire for sex comes out of a jealous way of laying claim. That's why I don't know if they've always felt this way, if they've always had the sexual tension. Because if we're to believe this entire movie has the sexual tension then harry's right when he says men and women can't be friends because sex gets in the way and the outturn of that is that makes them getting together even less impressive because it's like men and women can't be friends if sex gets in the way so we might as well get married is how that reads in a way i just find it interesting and i think it works that we don't see the segue from kissing to sex and i you know i think it's not a it's not a porn movie like when Harry wet Sally. It's not that. So we don't need to see that. But I just feel like there is a moment that would have happened in the real world. And I'm not saying this has to represent the real world, at least for me to get that transition. And I'm fine with thinking that the transition is because they, they unloaded the emotional connections they had. And then a floodgate opens. I, I I'm fine with that. Sure. And, and again, I, I, I think it works. And this movie would be weird without that moment. And I just wonder, is that all that was holding them back? No, I don't think, I don't think they would have had sex earlier or at a different point. Cause I think again, at the heart of what they are, it's a friendship. Sally helps Harry. Harry doesn't really help Sally at any point. I don't think. I mean, do you like, I, she gets him to apologize. She gets him to get over his misogynistic thoughts. And I like the Harry character. Again, I very much like him. He makes her laugh. Yeah. And this is the thing. I think because he makes her laugh, watching this movie as a teenager, as a 20-year-old, as a 30-year-old who can make jokes, I'm like, well, that's what you do for women, or right. that's what you do for men, or that's what you do for your significant other. And that's not true. I like making my significant other laugh, and I hope it's sincere. But like that's if you if you use that as your judgment call of winning someone over or that they're into you, of course you're going to blur the lines and get confused because if you're funny, you're making people laugh and that's powerful, but that's all Harry does. And I have to say, I don't like it in movies. I don't know why this is when someone in the movie is laughing at someone else's joke. So that's kind of why Harry starts making the jokes once they become friends. And that's very realistic. And I like it in the movie, but I'm also like, I liked Harry better when he was the bitter guy at the beginning or when he was the guy who moans later on. Like I, (laughs) 
I like those moments. That's his most important scene. They're talking on the phone. I like that because I, you know, there's so many things in this movie that I used to do. I could make a list of, I've done that. I've had the late night phone conversations. Right. Over pop culture. Over pop culture, over pointless things, and also just to get the other person to bed because they're depressed or whatever. Like, that's great. And I don't mean that, but I'm just saying not to bed sexually, but just like, like, because what happens in that scene, this, I think this is his most important scene. She goes to bed. He makes the joke that she laughs at. I might just sit here and moan. He starts jokingly moan, moaning, you know, like in pain. She says, good night, Harry. Turns off the light. We're left watching him on half the screen. He's still moaning. He's doing it for himself at that point. So it's not a joke. Yeah. And I like that. That to me, I'm like, I get that. He's in darkness. He's moaning. There's this weird line between the joke and the pain. So I like that. I thought that's something I relate to. Their whole... um. Just gonna get. I have a list here. There, being each other's date, if no one else thing, is is very much something people do. It's also such a plea for a relationship. Right. When people like that's a dumb move, <laughs> but I've done that. Um, and then the thing that I I love that they do because I'm like God, I've done this, and this is nothing but desperate. <laughs> the um, when you tell the other person, I think it's great you have a date, as if you're some sort of subjective opinion or objective opinion on that. And then he says that, and then he follows it up by saying, you should wear skirts more. It's so manipulative. Like, I love that moment because I'm like, that's an ugly side that everyone does. They suddenly act like whatever you're doing, like, oh, you're dating. That's so good for you to make sure you know, hey, I'm not interested. And then they throw this weird little, here's a little sexual moment. And it's just, I'm like, I've done that and had that done to me. And I like that moment. But that's a perfect example that maybe you're not ready to be dating yet because you're playing, you're not being honest with her. Harry's not honest. His jokes aren't honest. His big understandings of the world aren't honest. His honest moments are when he's alone. Like this moaning in bed moment, the montage where he's thinking back to everything that happened. Those are great moments because he's most honest and vulnerable. He can't be vulnerable for Sally. The closest he comes is when they have their argument after the wagon wheel thing. And he actually apologizes to her. Um, That that's his one moment of, of... Honesty with her? I, I think so. Yeah. He apologizes. Everything else is sort of keeping her at arm's length. Even when he's consoling her, he's just telling her things to hear. He's not accepting the moment. Yeah. For a guy who's so obsessed with death and thinks and is so cynical and in the early in the moment movie is setting up all these like men do this, it's like either he's growing as a person getting past that or he's lying to her. And we don't see the growth until he's by himself. So it's like don't give her all these compliments in this moment. That's not what she needs. She needs the joke that you give her, and I forget what it is. She laughs at that. But I don't know. I feel like in that moment, shouldn't he have just been being his hairiest of you know, the whole cynical side? Because that's what she needed to hear. Yeah. You're, you're totally it, – it, it's, a, it's a rethink of the whole film for me. I, you know – but do you agree with it? Like, because I, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm. I can see. I, yeah, I can absolutely see all of that. Um, yes. But do you uh, think it, it? I don't. I don't know that I think it yet. Okay. <laughs> so what do you? But what do you think of them? What do you think of them sleeping together? Uh, thirty-two. I guess they're thirty-two at that point. Yeah. No, I just sounded really prudish. Um, what do I think? Like, is it believable? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, is it believable? Is it healthy for um, where they're at? God, I sound so square right now. I don't know what the fuck are these questions. <laughs> I, think, 
Um, yeah, it's I. I've always seen it as believable. Um, yeah, and it I'm, is believable. Yeah, I've always seen it as believable, um, and I've always seen it as it could have been a very healthy transition for their relationship. Um, I think it played more realistically the way it happens in the movie, how they both have different um, different reactions to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've never felt, and I I don't know. I mean, I'm I've had two long-term relationships in my life mm-hmm. you know so uh, who am i to to say what's what's normal and, and but don't but don't but don't use that like you watch the movie so what you get from the movie that's what i'm saying like i'm getting i'm wanting things from this movie that maybe means no tim that's not this movie <laughs> what is that movie is is annie hall that movie are there is there another movie i think well again i was saying like annie hall and chasing amy they're in both movies, the guy, you don't necessarily see him grow, but he gets why the relationship doesn't work out. So hopefully he'll grow down the line. So that meant a lot to me when I wasn't willing to change yet, but it, it showed me that, okay, sometimes you're your own problem. And I, th- I believe in Annie Hall that Woody Allen's character of Alvy Singer is in love with Annie. And I haven't seen it in a while. I want to believe that Holden is in love with um, Alyssa in Chasing Amy. I don't know. All three of these movies have a lot of male fantasy going in them. And I guess for Harry and Sally, the movie I wanted is pretty much there, by the way, because I really enjoyed watching this. Watching this movie at parts, I was like, oh, yeah, I I miss. I don't miss being single, but I miss some of the playful mind games you play with yourself when you're single. And I think this movie plays into it very much so in that. Harry can be who he is. Sally can be who she is. And they're, you know, they look great together. They banter. They do all these things, which is what friends, by the way, do. Good friends banter together. But they get together at the end. So that was consoling. And again, we don't see anything past. Like, do you think their marriage lasts? Uh, they're not telling their story as old adults. They're telling no, yeah, it just recently a year married. after they're married right. at the most. Um, I've, I've always assumed that they lasted and that uh, that someday we would see them in a vignette for a younger couples movie. <laughs> I I like the movie very much, and I get the ending, and it's a sweet ending, and I was still touched by it. But it just, yeah, the movie I wanted puts more weight on the idea of a friendship, and puts more weight on. Because again, and this can only come back to me. I took from all the movies I watched that friendships could be manipulated into relationships. Whether And I know I've said this before. Not that that's necessarily what I meant, but I probably missed out, one, on other relationships that could be relationships, but more so on some of the more comfortable intricacies of a friendship, a longer-term friendship, because I fucked it up. I treated it like suddenly it had to be a relationship. And I don't think I ever did... Well, once I did, but normally, most of the time, I didn't do the whole confessional thing that Harry does, but I didn't let it, because a friendship and a, you know, a a friendship relationship and a dating relationship are two very different things. And I think to see a movie that shows the friendship relationship as being as healthy as it is and follows it maybe to its completion, maybe not friends anymore, but points out these facts is something that I could have could have seen back then and maybe it would have made an impact maybe not but it would have shown me some value if i take a lot of my value from these movies i watch and how to act and how to behave and how to talk right a movie where there's a problem that they 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 twisted their friendship how they did 
not even a problem, but where like the, you know, there's there's um, responsibility to that, and 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 seeing how that worked may have made me more comfortable in my own skin of just having female friends that I didn't, you know, if I was attracted to, I can make that distinction. And I wouldn't do the mental exercises and the stress and the weird using of people right. for drama that I did. Yeah. And so I guess that I would be curious with that movie. That's why I would love to know how this movie originally ended. I've never read it. I don't know. Would you want to see a movie where they don't get together? Well, would I want to see a movie where they don't get together? This I, movie, I, if they didn't get together. I don't think I would at this point you know, like it's hard for me to remove myself from it. Um, mm-hmm. So no, this movie is a, an old is a good friend now. It's a friend I'm not having sex with, um, <laughs> and I don't want to see this movie where they don't get together. I'd be sure I'd read the ending if if we could find that um, and see what it would it be what that it different been. of a movie I don't if know. they didn't get together. It depends on how they don't get together. Um, Does it though? Like they're the same characters. Like they're believable characters. I would Both like to no, but but I I guess I maybe I'm I'm an optimist or or I like the happy ending. So if they're not going to be together romantically, I'd like to see that they stay good friends. Um, mm-hmm. If if the movie was more about how they met, had this this uh, this relationship, this friendship, uh, this mistake, uh, this falling out, and then they weren't friends anymore. Um, these characters, this movie, I don't think I'd want to see that. I know I don't want to mm-hmm. see that. And I still think when Harry Met Sally tells a story of how this couple got together, <clears throat> and that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I don't, right. I don't need to see it. I'm sure I'd be curious to see what the original ending was. But, no, I don't need to see uh, a different movie. So, uh, good reality or bad reality for you? S- Haven't watched still it? Still a good reality. Um, I mean, too. you've you've certainly twisted it a bit, um, <laughs> but I mean that's what I count on you for, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> Ruin this thing. <laughs> um, any, you know, I think it's a good reality too. I did, I still very much enjoyed it, yeah. and I will say this. And this will be the last thing I'll say. But if you have anything, you should jump in. I have an apology to make um, to something I said probably twelve episodes ago, and something I've been saying probably since the last time I saw this movie. Um, I love Bruno Kirby in this movie. <laughs> really? I used to hate him. I thought I hated this, him. I started off not you, liking him. I think him. you said that in the first half of this. this I did. I know. But he's a good pairing with Harry. He's a good friend for Harry. Sure. And their conversation seems to be, in a way, Harry's sole emotional investment in the movie. I believe them as friends. <laughs> And by the end of the movie, I was laughing at most of his lines. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I, I, I feel a little bad I'm not as, you know, I love Carrie Fisher. Her character is desperate, but Carrie Fisher is always engaging. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I take back the horrible things I've said about how much I can't stand Bruno Kirby in this movie. Can, He's wonderful. Can we watch City Slickers next? No, <laughs> but he's wonderful in this. <laughs> All right. Um, I will just close with, I mean, we, we, we got deep into this relationship and, and how it affected us and, and uh, our viewpoints and that kind of stuff. But I'll, I'll, I think we've implied this. I'll just kind of make it explicit. It's just such a great movie. It's so well made. Yeah. It's paced it well. Uh, the characters, it's not a wasted moment. There isn't like a moment where uh, there isn't something that drives us to the next thing. Um, that's that true because even the jokes that annoy me are there for a yeah reason. exactly right. exactly um, it it I I just absolutely love it and and 
Um, the one thing that, that stood out to me this time more than it ever did, and I just don't understand how I missed it, um, and maybe it's because it's smartly subtle. The music in it is, you know, classic old jazz tunes, you know, uh, uh, Can't Take That Away From Me, you know, uh, Our Love Is Here To Stay, um, yeah. Let's Call The Whole Thing Off. I never realized how on point those songs were in those moments. I think it's a little too you on think point, so? but okay. I, I, I think, that's, that's I think why it's, I'm surprised. it's transmitting the message. That's why but. I'm surprised that only on this viewing, my 25th or 9th or 400th, um, it stood out as, well, that's a little on the nose. That's a little on the nose there too. <laughs> um, and yeah, then, But then it started to make, then I was okay with it after it's like if, if the third or fourth song wasn't on the nose, I was going to be pissed off. But then they kept being on the <laughs> nose. So I was like, okay. I, I get it. Here's just another layer of telling the story. And I think I think if you grew up watching it, I'm going to say this. I've never said this before. It sounds dumb. This sounds like a reading Rainbow Child reviewing a book. But I honestly think if you haven't seen this movie in a while, check it out. Because I, I do think you're right. It holds up really well, even with everything we talked about. And not as misogynistic as I thought, which yeah. is good. I will actually I, a lot. I will say she doesn't get a chance to talk about much else, but she's a wonderful character and Meg Ryan does her best work outside of goose's wife and top gun. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have no qualms in five or six years, maybe, maybe seven or eight years, uh, having my girls watch this. I hope we're on the air. So a qualm free show would be nice. Um, we are on the air right now. We'll be on the air next week at 20popcast.com. Because this was the show, by the way. I was trying to segue, then I fucked it up. But check us out at 20popcast.com. We always put up new episodes. All the old episodes are streaming there as well. There's extensive show notes. There's links. Links to where you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on some other things as well. So you always... We'll have an episode when it comes up. You can also check us out on Facebook. Uh, there's a 20th Century Popcast Facebook page. Like us there. Follow us there. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Subcultus, where I've been trying to update it uh, almost daily with whatever the upcoming topic of the show is. You can follow me on Twitter at Subcultist. I'm going to make a little bit of a plea, and then Bob will get right to you. Uh, we really do want to hear from our listenership. We're doing pretty well with building up, I think, a following at least. You know, We're getting some good good hits as it is but please if you can get in touch with us let us know what you think of the show good things or bad things you can always hashtag something in twitter at 20 popcast you can go to the 20 popcast.com website go to the pop talk leave us a comment there write us a review on itunes really we want to get the word out to more people and we want to involve ourselves with talking to people so uh if you got something to say please contact us i would i, I would love that absolutely and uh i'm, I'm like that love is a big word but i'd be friends with that sure yeah. Sure, I, and I think you could be friends with that, Tim. I really do. I think on New Year's Eve, I'm going to tell it that I like the way that it uh, tosses salad. Uh, th- thanks, Tim. That's okay. I I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. Well, where can people find oh, you? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. My salads can be found on Twitter at RH Canning. Uh, you can also check out a music blog I do called uh, Super Ultra Mega Mix at superultramegamix.wordpress.com. Can people follow you on Twitter or is that something in the that, past? No, is that, that is something they can do because I mentioned that already. Uh, at RH Canning. God, what was I doing? Okay. You're making salad jokes. You were tossing somebody's salad. 
that's tossing somebody's salad. Bob, I'm glad you're back on the show. Um, <laughs> Did I leave? I, you know, I mean, I know I was gone for an episode. Yeah. No, there was a lot of talk. <laughs> eh, it sounded dumb. All right. Well, that's the episode, everyone. Catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs>